0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material, episode one, Five Niner. And I am Andy Anatko.
1: And I am Florence Ion here for uh, Five Niner. <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted to make like a plain reference and then I kind of. I thought, I thought, I try
0: thought, I thought saying 90 would make me sound cool. Th- as usual, that was a futile and transparently ill guided uh, goal. No,
1: it worked. For- I just imagined. The movie Airplane. Well,
0: see, the, see, you have the, you, you, again, we're, we're chatting via Skype, so you can see me, so you see how cool I look. The yes. listeners, they don't have that visual. They're going only by the voice.
1: Well, I'm telling the listeners that to envision a very cool person shrouded in a blue aura, because I think a blue aura is a good aura. I don't know what any of the aura colors are, but I do know that blue makes people feel calm, so I feel like that's a good aura. <laughs> To bring into the material podcast today <laughs>
0: <laughs> why is, is this has has this been a stressful week for for google and and or for people who use google things
1: um Yes, and (laughs) I'm probably jumping the gun about complaining because I did put a little note that I wanted to complain about something in our little show doc. But I'm going to go ahead and complain and say, why hasn't Google figured out yet how I can tell my downstairs Google Home that I need to turn off the alarm on the upstairs Google Home? (laughs) No, Unless this does exist and I just don't know it.
0: I'm totally with you. Because um, I d- I, th- I think I have to move. I'm so frustrated with one of the the performance of one of the Google Homes in my home because one of them it just the microphones are just not good at all. I don't know if it's because it's not high enough on the wall or maybe there might be something up. You know, it's in the shadow of uh, the microphones in the shadow of an object. But I can literally be like it's uh, an alarm goes off because I was I cooked pizza tonight. And like, I, I want to be getting off of the sofa. And as I pass by this thing, say, stop. So stop making that annoying noise. But I have to keep yelling louder and louder for yeah. it to the, the, the trigger phrase. <laughs> and, soon, and soon I feel like I'm being triggered because I'm, there's, there's a phrase that sometimes comes to mind. It usually comes to mind when I'm testing out like handheld devices like phones that when, it, when it's giving me a lot of stick. I will say to it, even though I, of course, do not expect a response, saying that's a pretty cocky attitude for a very throwable object. I mean, <laughs> you, I, I could throw, you, you're like, you like, your PR materials Man, boast about how light this thing is. And this is, <laughs> is, and this intense. is a, yeah, so
1: <laughs> that is really, that's a really intense sentiment. But I mean, I did, I mean, I, so the, um the smart speaker running afoul was actually a third-party Google Assistant speaker. It's the JBL Link 20, which I have upstairs in the guest room, which I work in the guest room because I like the vibe in there. And um, it just, for some reason, I've been testing all like the new features with it, like continuous conversation, for instance, and it doesn't work with it. It's hmm. really frustrating. It works with all of the first party Google Home devices that I have. All three of them are just fine. And uh this one for some reason it just it feels like it feels like uh it feels like a third party Google Assistant speaker. <laughs> it Doesn't feel like it's from Google. So it was just really annoying cuz I had to like clock if up go upstairs and like, you know, yell at it. I had to go all the way in front of it. I had to go all the way upstairs yeah. to the back of the house to tell it to turn off. Um you know, that's no
0: i'm 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 totally with you i could i could think of it as i was muttering dark uh, dark uh, thoughts of revenge against this inanimate object Dark thoughts of revenge it was it was occurring to me that that how many times in the past have i like i was i set a timer while like i was in the bedroom and then now i was like i went elsewhere in the house but i could hear
1: going oh yes oh my gosh it's the in the default alarm
0: yeah and I'm thinking, well, of course, I'm a, I'm a mature, uh, grown adult. Uh, sure. it's, it's just a faint sound coming from the upstairs. I'll sure. wait until, because I came, I came downstairs here just to make sure I could get a, a rechargeable battery for this thing I'm packing in the bedroom. But I'll And then I'm just like, I need again. <laughs> that Wouldn't it be nice if I could just tell a lower floor Google Home, whatever the damn alarm is, tell that thing to just knock it off.
1: This is exactly what happened to me. I said, you know what? I'm going to finish doing the dishes. I want to make sure that the sink is nice and clean uh, before I start the podcast. And then... I kept hearing the ringing in the background and it just, it wasn't getting louder, but it was getting louder. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like in a horror movie, like it's not really getting louder, but like psychologically it's getting louder. Uh, And then I just had to stomp upstairs. My poor cat waiting to be fed. She went hungry because I had to go yell at this inanimate object (laughs) to stop blaring.
0: Maybe if I learned how to go, (laughs) you'd feed me just to shut me up.
1: No, she goes. She does more annoying mm-hmm. things.
0: Well, now, now that now that we've started the show by complaining about Google Home, good news: Google <laughs> Home is on sale. Uh, the summer sale on the Google Store uh, and at Walmart and a couple other places. Uh, so the Google Home is down to ninety nine bucks. The Home Mini is fifteen bucks off, down to thirty five bucks. Uh, the Google Home Max is down to uh, you get if you buy a pair of them, you get six hundred fifty bucks, which Whoa. which was it's a six hundred fifty dollars. But now. I don't feel like I've been slighted by Google here, but this definitely is an advantage for people who did not, who have not already bought a Google Home and want to buy a pair of stereo speakers, or want to buy like one for two places in the house—the upstairs and the downstairs. How about those of us who shelled out the the four hundred bucks for like the for just one of them, and they've enjoyed the experience so much over the past few months, they would like to get a second one at a discount? But no, I have to buy, I have to buy three, have three of them in the house. So. That's fine. Again, I don't. I don't, I don't feel slighted. I just feel as though I'm not one of those special beloved people.
1: You know, it's uh, you jump too soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that, see that, that's the problem about being a brand influencer and a thought right? leader. It's <laughs> it, it's not all about holding shake, shady high end cosmetics up to your face and taking a selfie on in Instagram. It's, sometimes it involves getting on the boat before you know that the that the keel. Uh, Is completely watertight, uh, but I did I, I did buy that for that promised uh, <laughs> bathroom Google Home, and so sorry, Alyosha, sorry Amazon smart speaker product. That was the last Amazon powered smart speaker fulfilling an active role that was not test oriented in my house. So, oh well. Um,
1: okay, that's it. They need to make a smart mirror with Google Assistant built in because I I want it. I want it. I want it to happen. It needs to happen. (laughs) Kohler makes one with Amazon built in, but I don't want Amazon. I don't. Listen, I'm just not. Unless I'm. Maybe I shouldn't be so honest and forthright about this, but unless I'm writing a story for you about (laughs) Alexa, I don't really want to deal with it it's just not my thing um also because i'm just fully indoctrinated in this whole google business because i've like basically based my career off of google's <laughs> devices for so long um but in you know in all honesty i would just love to have that vanity mirror with google assistant baked in so i gotta ask it the traffic and maybe the weather and maybe i could tell it to like do some other things like turn the air conditioning on in the other room so that when i get back in there out of the bathroom it's not like super humid in there it's you know it's nice and dry when i get out of the bathroom (laughs) so i don't know i'm just saying okay this is something to consider
0: that's that's completely understandable (laughs) i i uh, but 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 that kind of got me to thinking that another thing that i would like to we could we don't need to do this via phone app we could just do this via simple you know social uh, social networking we should have sort of like uh like a like a an, ad- an adoption program or like a no kill shelter for amazon smart speakers and google smart speakers cuz i'm sure that i'm sure that this is not an uncommon thing where yeah. so, someone who has a couple of uh, aliosha devices they bought a google home because they wanted to try it out but now it's just in the closet i have a couple of alioshas I would uh, I would like them to be of some use to somebody and I would like to have another Google Home device. We need to have a way that I could swap we could uh, get these two people together to swap uh, an extra Aliosha for an extra Google Home and basically an, an adoption agency.
1: It, like, a re- yeah, like, a, it, like
0: like like dog rescue or cat a cat rescue shelter. It's
1: you you are onto something there. I wish that there was some sort of like used gadgets warehouse. <laughs> I don't know, like, but it would is it have to, it would
0: have to be a mutual. It was the, I'm helping you by getting this is of no use to me, but it's useful to you. You have something that is of no use to you, but it's useful to me.
1: I really, I mean, I guess that's like let go. But I want an app or whatever a service. I'm sorry I said an app. It's just what <laughs> smartphones have done to me, um, and Silicon Valley. But I want a service that will, you know, put out a classified ad, basically for me and my <laughs> old tech, so that I could swap it with somebody. That would be great, I, Andy. I think you're on to something.
0: Mm. Of course, there's some, there's some way that, as a society, we could screw up this simple and 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 good-natured idea. But at least the first hundred people to get in on it before the, the bad people, before the chiselers discover and find out, hey, I bet I, I bet I can score 18 free Alyoshas out of this. Follow up to something that I was talking about a number of months ago, where I have uh, I've decided that my Google music library has gotten out of hand uh, and Mm -hmm. and I don't, I'll give it 5% of the blame to design, but 95% that I really didn't start using Google music with any sort of plan. You know, I started off using it because it was new and so, Hey, you have free storage for my, for my music library. So I'll upload my music library and I'll sync it to this and sync it to that. And by not having a plan over there, over, over several years, it was a, it certainly was useful it certainly was working great but most of the time when I was using it I was using it through Google home because I could ask for an album and please play that album uh, because it was got it got to be such a mess because it had synced to my iTunes library and to like different Macintoshes so often that there were like four copies of my user playlists and oftentimes I will have uh like uh, if I'd uploaded an album, that was uh, that I already had like as a as a, as audio files, but it was also in my Google Home music, my Google Music library as like part of my subscription. So I would ask it to play this David Bowie album and would play like every track twice because Ugh. the ones that the, the 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 tracks belong to that album appear as the subscription one that I've added and the and then I maybe and then even worse when uh, I'd synced some of these playlists, maybe once or twice it had synced. The playlist copy of it, so some would go three times some would go four times uh and I and at that t- that point I had like a hundred and eighty something playlists of which I was only using like one or two now the when we last talked, I was talking about how I thought that there must be an easy i thought that one of the what I wanted to do was uh take test out a piece of advice that I'm now ready to give publicly which is that I don't think that these subscription music services are any good at Combining your actual, mu- your your the music that you own with the music that you subscribe to, I, 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 Apple fell fell on its face the first time I tried to do that. It's just really, really hard. The only the only thing that I think that Google had going for it was that it wouldn't screw up your actual home music library because you're still not you, you're still using your own separate desktop client for that. So they had that advantage over Apple Music, but I re- if there's a way to really manage bo- have both of them at the same place, I really don't know what it is. So my new philosophy and my new advice is okay. ha- have these two things completely separate, have like this this firewall between the two, even if it does mean that if you have if you built up this really good like workout playlist uh, or uh, like a uh, car trip playlist, even if that means having to actually rebuild it manually on Google Music and and vice versa, because syncing between those two is going to have unpredictable results. And then again, a few years later, you're going to find that it's kind of useless <laughs> for 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 maintaining your, your own personal stuff. Uh so the last so the last time uh, I I decided that deleting all of my like uploaded music and using it just as a subscription music service, I thought that well it must be really, really easy to just uh have an have an auto playlist of here's all the music that I've uploaded. Great now I'll select all of them and delete it. Could not find that feature anywhere uh in the user interface, anywhere in settings. The only place I could the only thing I could find was to wipe out the entire music library. Uh, and basically re- reboot uh, Google uh, Google Music from from scratch. I didn't want to do that because I had like hundreds and h- what I really wanted to preserve most of all were like three or four years of uh, thumbs up uh, r- uh, ratings. That at some point, having accidentally listened to a playlist or an album, so, oh, this one's particularly good. Just l- click on the thumbs up. That was such valuable stuff. I really didn't want to lose it. Um, now, again, to give you a recap, I had a actual chat with. Uh, not not uh, using my 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 press mojo or anything, but just the usual click this button for actual live help talking to an actual Googler uh, who was actually working on Google Music and said, well, and after 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 he told me that it was not possible to do the thing I did, I said, well, wouldn't it wouldn't be great if you just had an auto playlist that was just music that I've uploaded, or it was some way to collect just the music that you've uploaded. I said, well, wow, that would be a great idea. I'll put that in the recommendations. I don't know if that was, I don't know if my words had any effect, but now if you go into settings, there is still that button for reset Google Music and clear out everything but there's also a second a, a separate button that says just delete all of my uploaded music so uh, as i was preparing to like just nuke the whole thing i said oh what's this button i hadn't seen before click this button boom all of my regular music went away the bad news was that all of my <laughs> all of my playlists that were based on that were based on syncing with iTunes stuck around and there yeah. and there is no way to simply like do a select all and delete them so i just simply <laughs> 182 times <laughs> i clicked delete click yes i do want to do that delete yes i do want to do that yes i do want to do that fortunately i could be sitting down and sipping at a beverage while i was doing that so got that done and now it's the it's the, the google music is now working much much better for me uh, i have started the process of i again manually re-adding in all of my, the Google subscription versions of my uh, my my desktop-based music library. So just literally going through that list in iTunes or in Plex and finding its twin, click, add that to the library, finding its twin, click that to the library. And now it's actually working the way that I expect it to. So,
1: uy. I just, I'm just sitting here feeling sort of regretful that I don't have this... Relationship with my music library. I don't have a music library. I just realized that. Like, I don't have a physical, any sort of thing to point to. It's just as long as I pay Spotify, I have (laughs) access to these things. And I suppose that speaks a lot to the way that I consumed music for the past 10, 15 years, because I had physical CDs. (laughs) <laughs> I had binders of CDs and then they just sort of stopped. <laughs> and then I don't know. And then I just kind of fell into the world of mixtape MP3s. And I didn't really care about keeping those long term because yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a mixtape. Uh, it, You know, it wasn't anything like I couldn't get another time.
0: OK, but uh, I'm going to speak as someone who has been been down, it was further down the road than you, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a time when you're going to be, you're going to move out of like this place that you're in right now into like the beautiful house that you bought with your, with your, with your spouse. And you're going to be having to pack up every single thing you've ever owned and everything you brought from like your last house and whatever. And if you are in my generation, you'll come across a, cause a, a BASF 90 minute cassette that you you know you you had completely forgotten about, but you knew that when you were sixteen years old, you spent like an entire uh, yeah. Saturday and most of a Sunday not only choosing these tracks but what order they go in, and it's going to be like sending like a like a like a gift from the past into the future, so at least have a, at least keep track of those playlists so that when you 're forty when you 're fifty when you 're sixty. Hell, even even like ten years from now, if you if you have a young kid and you need to inflict some nostalgic pain upon them, saying this is what mommy was listening to, I think that it's it's part of the story of your life, the playlists and your mixtapes.
1: Oh, you're sending me back, Andy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, and I'm, well, and I am with you. I do, I do understand. I don't know if part of this problem that, and I'm, I'm going to call it, a, I'm not going to call it a problem, but the my desire to own the music that I really, really like, maybe that is just still hanging on that I was like 30, 28, something like that, maybe mid-20s when, no, probably mid-20s when MP3 even became a thing and so i grew, all when i started really liking music it was through cd's and owning them but part of it is also just liking the fact that i could say goodbye to spotify or google music or apple music Anytime I want, I like the idea that Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about if, if there's a, uh, I can have a Raspberry Pi as a music server and not care about whether Spotify supports the Raspberry Pi. I like the fact that I've got these MP3s and I will always have these MP3s. And I I also like going to, going to Goodwill and buying like $300 for the CDs for like 10 bucks and getting change back. So that's, that's pretty cool too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah
0: there's a one last thing before we go on to like the last thing I think we got in in this section. Um, now, before I knew that there was this button that said "Please don't nuke everything, just nuke my personal <laughs> updates uh, uploads," I gotten so frustrated that I was. I decided that okay, I don't even care anymore. I really want to start from zero. I just want, but it's, it'll be. Uh, it is satisfactory to me if I simply find a way to export as a text file or as a spreadsheet file this thumbs up list that I've that I've been building over the past three or four years, um, and. As as was the as was the case the last time I tried to see is there a really good app for exporting playlists and transporting them between services? There really isn't. There there are some that kind of work, but the ones that I've used before, it usually does turn into okay. It repeated this playlist three times, and this one has a whole bunch of missing tracks on it, and it's just such a pain in the butt that I I am at this point convinced that even if there's there's this one amazing trans back up your playlist and move them to another service uh, app out there, you will still get to your destination faster. If you just manually rebuild it on the new service and it will actually work and it won't screw up anything else you have. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, the best thing that I found uh, was uh, I found on on GitHub uh, a fellow named uh, Simon Weber, and there's a, the URL will be in the show notes. Uh, will uh, has uh, created posted something on GitHub which is a long piece of JavaScript. You can type into you can basically paste into the developer JavaScript window uh, while you're using uh, uh, Google Music and it will just take the whatever playlist and is on this is on the in the window right there. It will simply <laughs> look look uh, it will simply po- uh, uh, harvest all of the Uh, like web content from that window. It'll even scroll page by page by page, make sure it gets it all. And then copies that to a CSV file that you can just import into any spreadsheet file. So it doesn't actually turn it into a functioning playlist, but there are a lot, there are a lot of tools that actually work that can take a CSV file and turn it into like a, a, a industry standard playlist. But for what I wanted, which is I just, it's okay for me if you just give me a list of everything that's in this playlist. So I exported every single one of these playlists at, it's not, it's not the cleanest thing in the world, but it, this, I can't argue with the results at all. And frankly, you, you 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 feel like kind of a kind of a really really good hacker nerd when you're typing <laughs> JavaScript into a developer window and and scraping a, spray, scraping the contents of a web browser. Uh,
1: it's very so, true. So me, that's great, fine, Andy.
0: <laughs> so, uh, oh, one 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 actual last thing. Then we should probably get to an ad. Um, this just just a quick note. Uh, it's, uh, there's a really interesting addition to the android to the i'm sorry i was about to say android Wear. i'm sorry the where os mm-hmm. line of, of android Wear powered us. wearables yes, yes. where whereas, whereas. <laughs> uh so this uh, I, I saw a notice for this it's called the tick watch pro t-i-c-w-a-t-c-h pro um that's has a couple of really cool things about it. Really caught my eye. Uh, one of them is that, uh, of course, the headline thing is: oh, it offers uh, has an OLED color OLED display, and it has GPS, and it has uh, NFC, so it can uh, do like Strava uh, right on the device, and you can use Go- uh, Android Pay with it, uh, Google Pay with it, no problem. Uh, and it's only two hundred fifty bucks. That's all of that was a pretty good idea. It's it's still kind of a beefy watch for, your, uh, for, for, for a dude, let alone someone with more slender uh, wrists. But okay, at least $250 watch with a lot, of, a lot of neat features. But the really cool thing is that now, it, when they say five-day battery life, The bad news is that no, they don't really mean it'll last five days with the GPS and the NFC and the OLED screen. But they do mean that they came up with this really cool idea, which is it has it has a full color regular like uh, OLED screen, but sandwiched on top of that is like the sort of like retro '80s like Casio G-Shock LCD (laughs) display on top of it. So if you decide that if you tell the watch that I want you to basically extend the battery as long as possible. The it will switch the it will turn off the OLED, turn on this LED, and judging from the pictures, I have not I don't have this in hand, but judging from the pictures, again, it looks like a cheap LED LCD watch. But it will give you the time, it'll give you your step count, it'll give you like basic stuff. It'll basically turn it into like a fitness tracker sort of display. And then if you actually want it to behave like a like a like a Wear OS watch again, you can tap a couple buttons and the LCD will basically fade away, and the OLED will light up. the uh, The other got the the only other gotcha there is that it actually puts the Wear OS stuff into deep sleep, so it's not as though you tap a button and suddenly things light up again. It'll actually take several seconds for the system to wake back up again. But I thought I thought that was a really clever idea because so many times it's not so uh, over the course of a usual day, like here in the office. I don't need to have notifications on my wrist. I'm gonna probably get those notifications on the laptop that is like on the desk in front of me or in my lap, and so I might like I might enjoy not having to charge up the watch like every single day. So I might switch it over. But I do want the fitness tracking. I do want to be able to have this thing on my wrist. But then when I leave the house to run errands or to go on my bike or to go for a walk, that's when I'll I'll, I'll spend those five seconds to light it up as a smartwatch again it's because I may maybe I do want to use the smartwatch feature while I'm just simply out and about so interesting idea I, I'm uh, I've reached out to them to see if they'll loan me one if not I might actually just go and buy one depending on uh, although I do have some money to sort of set aside for whatever pixel watch Google hopefully will come out with at the end of the year but really cool idea and I want to uh, look at it some more.
1: I just really wish it were a little more you know fem centric yeah <laughs> uh, because this is a very cool idea and I I was just looking at the website. Uh, While you were while you were explaining and just kind of like thumbing over some of the images. And I really like the idea and the concept behind it. But uh, that is a very manly quote unquote watch.
0: Yeah. They don't they don't. They also don't my life. Well, it's my my (laughs) life, too. It's everyone's uh, it is. First of all, this is this is another example of how technology can be inadvertently or maybe vertently sexist that uh, like here's hey good good news everybody our new our new model phone is even bigger than before so Mm. ladies maybe you'd like to wear it as a belt buckle or perhaps as a as a very very hefty pendant sorry you don't have any pockets that will actually hold it uh but yeah it's even i've like the 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 first i think samsung watch that had 3g or lg watch that had 3g built in even for me it was like okay i am not setting a Deep dive, deep dive, sea dive, open water diving record. I can't, there's no (laughs) rational excuse for me to be wearing a watch that's this big. Uh,
1: Diving record. Uh, Is that a good time to dive into an ad? Splash splash. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Pingdom is the company who offers uptime monitoring and web performance management. You're more familiar with Pingdom than you might think because Pingdom helps keep your favorite sites online. We're talking about Evernote, BuzzFeed, Netflix, Immigr. If you used any of those sites recently and not run into any trouble, you've got Pingdom to thank for that. Websites are pretty sophisticated now and have so many different moving parts. You've got contact forms, e commerce checkouts, logins, search functionality, and loads more. Pingdom lets you check the availability of all these functions. Pingdom isn't just about getting a message when your entire site goes down. They care about the important interactions people have on your site too, and they'll let you know if they're not working. It's so easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code material, that's the name of this podcast, at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Real AFM.
0: Guess what? Uh, Google is uh, in the principal's office again, the current congressional principal's office. <laughs> Uh, the good news is that uh, school's not
1: even in session, Andy. Oh,
0: I can ju- I can Stop. joke about it. again. I I, I school is now so far behind me. I almost never have any of those dreams anymore.
1: Oh. <laughs> so, oh, so they do go away.
0: They do go away. They're replaced by other stuff, but. Uh, the, oh. I can't I can't tell you the the last time I was naked in a math class and unprepared for an exam I was probably actually in high school and naked and unprepared for a math class which is why I decided to take off my clothes just simply as a distractionary measure so the teacher perhaps wouldn't see me uh, uh use my calculator for several parts of the exam
1: It didn't work
0: <laughs> Well I I got some compliments I did. Mean, did. I did. I did, I did get a date for the prom that year, so I can't say it was a total failure. I did. I did wow. barely pass, pass the class. Wow. Uh,
1: so Congress. <laughs>
0: so Congress. Yes. Uh, Love so Repu- it. Republicans on the Energy and Commerce Committee uh, sent separate letters, most identical to both Tim Cook of Apple uh, and uh, also the Grand Pooba of Google.
1: To Tim uh, and Larry. To
0: Larry, Tim and Larry sitting <laughs> in a tree testify E-A-N-G. Uh it's just so,
1: it's just some person just came out of the woodworks and said to Larry and Tim yes. like anyway. Okay, the, Google and Apple, Google, two Google, biggest Google, players.
0: Google, Google and Apple. Yeah, and uh, basically it was a letter saying "Work, we need uh, Congress needs you to explain uh all these things we've seen in the news over the past year about how uh about user tracking on phones. Like and most of the things that they were asking about and identifying was uh, on the broad category of there are situations when a user thinks that, hey, I've taken proactive steps to make sure that this phone is not tracking me. Like I've I put it in airplane mode. I've even like taken the SIM chip out. I'm not running a third party app. And yet that's not the case. The phone still and is yet, tracking yeah. them in some way. What the hell, everybody? Uh, and so you, that, I, the 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 the, uh, the the Tim and Larry sitting on the bench waiting to see the principal. It's an apt metaphor because Tim, it's like it's like Calvin and Susie, like in Calvin and Hobbes, where like right. Su- Susie is Tim Cook saying, I can't, I can't, "Why do you, why do you get me in trouble? You're the person who acts up." And yeah, we're both seeing the principal's office. We're both gonna get in trouble. Like we're both gonna get detention. That
1: that explains the Apple keynotes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well they got to we'll, we'll we'll get to that but they they actually the congress actually sort of like singled out Tim Cook for like uh Possible BS in some of his public statements, uh, but that—that's basically what it comes out to. And actually, the details of the letter, which you can see in a PDF form, uh, turns out that uh, the Energy and Commerce Committee has a website. They've got the. Wow. A, I think it's a Squarespace because it actually looks very, very good. Uh, no. But sponsor of so, the show. Sponsor the show. <laughs> I should. We should <laughs> mention. Uh, but yeah, so they're saying that a quote from uh, from this letter is that hey, consumers have a reasonable expectation of privacy when when they're taking active steps to avoid being tracked by their device, and they're they. They mentioned specifically some things, events that got them kind of worried, like, I don't know, that time when uh, Android phones, uh, when they were, <laughs> even with the SIM pulled out, uh, there were situations in which it was still uh, keeping track of cell tower and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth uh, connections that it found, and then uploading, keeping them in a cache and uploading them whenever, when they next get, got connected to the internet. Um Confusion about how turning off location in Android works, where you might have turned it off for a certain app you might have turned it back on for a certain app uh, and then they didn 't but the user might not understand that you 've just turned on location system wide for all apps uh, and uh for but uh, Tim Cook did get. Uh, their version of the letter did get a specific sort of jab saying that, you know, here is here are times when you, Tim Cook, have said, oh, ooh, we're so much better than Google and we're so much better than Facebook because we would never, ever, ever collect user inter- user information uh, that, can, that can be exploited against our customers. We just don't think that's right. And yet, Mr. Cook, you allow Google and Facebook to have their apps on your phones. So I guess you're kind of OK with your customers having their Their data exploited by Facebook and Google.
1: Mm. I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) that's, that's, you nailed it.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) uh, they. They did uh, uh, no. I I will say that the uh, Commerce Energy and Commerce Committee did not use the sarcastic tone of voice. Uh, it was just actually in a nice serif font on the letter, at least according to PDF they looked at. But yeah, that that is a good point. So there, so they uh, end the letter by asking both companies again; these are separate letters. Uh, a list of very very pertinent questions that they have to respond to by July twenty third. And it's just basically asking, hey, are your phones programmed to track information through cell towers even when uh even when the, the radios are supposedly turned off? And is that data available to third party apps? Uh, how are you Communicating to the user about the actual uh, actual state of privacy of the phone. Uh, Oh, they're also worried about uh, the persistent rumor that phones are listening in with a microphone even when. You know, even when you're not saying the magic word that activates a personal assistant, um, Northeastern University actually, about a week ago, I think, or two weeks ago, they published a, a paper. They did a long, long study in which they had a whole bunch of iPhones and Android phones uh, in a class because they're making so much damn noise. But basically. Uh, able to these phones were able to listen to all this stuff that's going on inside the office and tracking what are they connecting to and what are they transmitting and they weren't able to spot anything that cried out that hey it's listening to it's the microphones are on it's they're listening to us and they're transmitting information off the device but still it's a persistent sort of worry and so hey tell us about how this works and tell us that you're not doing this uh and just a whole bunch of things of what what uh, what kind of oversight are you putting over on uh, third-party uh, third party app developers? How do you know that they're complying with your rules? Have you ever bounced them out of the App Store? If so, give us screenshots to show us how that transaction went. Just on and on and on and on. Uh, so these are really good questions to ask. And so uh, this is a great time to be making fun of Congress. Uh, unfortunately, this is one of those times where I'm willing to say, all right then. Okay. Carry on.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens?
0: uh they respond but they it's not it's not an order to like you you have to shape up they want information and they have the ability to simply ask questions it's not a subpoena so they're not they're not like required to co- to show up uh, uh show up and testify but they are required to respond to this in some way shape or form by the deadline they've given and because neither of these companies want to be legislated uh, back uh into the uh, into the ENIAC age They're probably going to find a way to respond to these, even if they can't necessarily say exactly everything that they're doing. So they can fudge a little bit here if they want to, but they have to respond in some form. I really think that the only way to sort of solve all these problems is going to be to really codify that users have a certain basic rights to, to how their data is manipulated and to make sure that if a company violates those rights they they'll get spanked really really hard there has to be a serious deterrent to uh, to abusing data um there was uh there the kerfuffle that that uh, came out from uh, uh from the Northeastern University study uh, they found they didn't find any evidence that the microphones were being used for anything else but of course they did find a, a well known uh, sort of like ad module that was inside a whole bunch of different a uh, whole bunch of different apps that was sending screenshots and uh, collecting information that's visible on people's screens to get an idea of what they're doing with the phone at any given moment and this and this demonstrates why we need Actual protection for consumers because, of course, the makers of the app that was doing that stuff said, oh, that must be a bug in this ad module that we're oh we're we're as upset about this as you are and we're definitely go, we are severing our ties with this ad module and never using it again. Ooh, we're we're such victims of this. And the makers of the ad module were saying, oh, did that app maker not inform the user? Oh, t- you know that's a that's a direct violation of our terms of service. We're as mad about this as you are. I can't believe that we've been violated in this way. Oh well, we're going to terminate our our. Agreements, with the companies that have been abusing are fine, fine ad module. So you can't – That so that's great. But what happens to the user data and what – how do we stop this from happening in the future? And I think that as much as it's – you have to be careful about introducing legislation into technology, we need some sort of statement legally that says that here is what – of consumers have a right to expect. Here is what people who collect personal information are required to do. And here's what will happen to you if you violate that. And you can't, no, you can't say that we signed an agreement with this other company, so it's their fault. It's no, you are the front-facing app. So if that, that's why you should have put in your contract with the ad company. We will make sure that any money we have to pay to the government or to pay to consumers in a class action suit comes right off of those really, really nice 28-inch rims you got on that lovely, lovely utility vehicle that you parked in front of our, our building when we signed the contracts.
1: I just I keep thinking about uh, what's happening with Google in the EU right now and how much money they owe over there (laughs) (laughs) and thinking about this and just thinking about all the regulation. And like, I'm just wondering if it's the dawn of regulations that's coming to tech. I wonder if it starts here.
0: Yeah. It, it, it can be super difficult. Um, that uh, as a consumer advocate or someone who really thinks that things are unbalanced right now, I like the fact that that like a company like Google can get like a $2 billion judgment against them. I like that, uh, the yeah. EU on, on a tax thing, they got, uh, uh, they got Apple for a $13 billion judgment mm-hmm. because they said they did, they moved their money, uh, illegally. Uh, but, and yes, yes, you can fight this, but you're going to have to put up, you're going to have to put up the stakes before we will allow your, 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 your uh, uh, your motion to go forward. You have to basically put the $12 billion we say you owe into escrow uh, before we will even hear this case. And so we can't touch it, but you can't touch it either. Um, and the problem with stuff like that is it's very very satisfying for us, but it also means that Apple can afford that and Google can afford that. But what about like uh, what about like uh, uh, Instagram, the second year that it was in business? You know, these little companies that have the potential to become something really really big and really really important. That the moment that they find that the interpretation that although seven out of eight. International lawyers told them that what they were doing was in full compliance with the eu there was a, there was that eighth lawyer who says that no it doesn 't and that was the lawyer that works for the eu so now i've i 've got a twelve million dollar judgment against me. We have assets of $8 million. There's no way we can possibly cover this, and so we're out of business. So I'm I'm not saying there aren't a whole bunch of dimensions to this, but we need something. I think that consumers deserve some level of protection below the inability of new companies to innovate, but above absolutely no power whatsoever. Somewhere above – I'm saying above no power whatsoever – and below the ability to totally destroy all innovation. I feel as though that's a lot of room for us to find a way to, f- to find some, uh, some new uh, ways to improve the situation.
1: I suppose we'll see what uh, the answers are after July 23rd. I'd be <laughs> curious to hear those answers.
0: Hope they're not na 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 na
1: Well, Free Google said. Sent...
0: The market has spoken.
1: <laughs> Google had sent the, state, the statement to Gizmodo. They replied, protecting our users' privacy and securing their info is, the uf- is of the utmost importance. We look forward to answering the committee's questions. <laughs> I'll see you in court. Said,
0: said, said every single mob attorney at, at every single moment. And, <laughs> a court, yeah. you know, on the contrary, we're looking forward to going in front of a court of law and making sure that <laughs> everybody knows how ridiculous these claims are.
1: Uh, if only the courtrooms were that entertaining. <laughs> we wish all the
0: witnesses the best of health. We hope you live a long, long time, every witness that's set up to, 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 to testify against us, as well as the prosecutors. I hope that the cars that you leave parked overnight at the following 18 addresses... Remain in perfect running order, and nobody should have a tamper with them or the brake lines. My that? my revenge fantasies are rich, textured, and layered. They, they could they, I, I have the Game of Thrones level of production on on my revenge fantasies.
1: Okay, now that I know it's a revenge fantasy, I love it. Thank you, Andy. You've
0: never done anything against me. As a matter of fact, you've done nothing but you know make my weekly life much much better. So you're you're okay.
1: Oh. Phew. Nobody's gonna come and clip the wires on my tires.
0: I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the best compliment ever. You're, I, I think of you as an unindicted co-conspirator, Flo.
1: Oh, good. I'm really glad that you think of me that way. Actually, woo, that's good. Woo. Happy shall Wednesday we? to me.
0: <laughs> Speaking of grift and graft, shall we make some more money?
1: Yeah, let's make some more money. This episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at $5 a month. And you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. Linode offers the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support behind it all. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. And Linode offers additional storage too. Block storage is now out of beta and is available in Fremont and Newark. And Linode plans to expand their block storage to all data centers by June. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server, and so much more. Oh, and guess what, Linode's also hiring right now, so if this interests you, go to linode.com careers. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at one gig of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of the show, if you sign up at linode.com material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you also get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, that's four free months, and with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. go to linode.com material to learn more sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code material 2018 at checkout thank you so much linode for supporting the show
0: so we've been talking about uh uh, google uh so for a change of pace now let's talk about google Uh, (laughs) vanity fair did you read the, the vanity fair has a feature article uh that's an excerpt from an upcoming book it's a uh, this excerpt is an oral history of the very early days of Google, uh, and it has stuff from Sergey Ben, Sergey Brin, Larry Page. Such like young all the... faces, oh,
1: God, such young young faces. It's such like... such young haircuts <laughs> and faces. <laughs> it
0: doesn't you know? You you see someone with a really uh, sickening haircut and table manners, and you think there, but for the grace of uh, God, go I. And there, but for the grace of God, go my capacity to one day have $10 billion and an international reputation as an
1: innovator. It's just, you know, it's really funny. I just Since we're going down memory lane, just very quickly, I have to say the first time I ever learned about Google was in history class. <laughs> my sophomore history, my sophomore year history class, uh, it was world history. And my teacher had, I was using Yahoo, I was Yahoo user. uh or msn more specifically to say uh i think that was no sbc global all that weird stuff that was going on around then all that weird acquiring uh whatever was going on then the acquisition drama but yes i remember he told us to go google something and that was the first time i heard that term oh okay so i went home and i googled (laughs) google (laughs) just i was put see, that out
0: there i i was going to say it's like i'm not i'm not so old that someone younger than me would be learning about google in history class and it also provoked the second question like i'm I, after you tell me everything you learned about google in history class i want you to explain to me in detail how much time this history class spent on the vietnam war or any <laughs> war <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I've got some bad news for you, but I'm going to tell you that off air. Uh, okay, so so back, okay. back to the history of Google. Back to the history it's of wonderful Google. Wonderful profile in Vanity Fair, yeah. which I have. I, I filed it away. This is something I'm going to read um, tonight because actually you're the one who surfaced it to me today in the notes. And I used to voraciously read Vanity Fair, and then for some reason I just kind of, I don't know what it, I just kind of stopped reading.
0: It You know, it, it kind of... Sh- It's it's still a good magazine. It just changed from... Yeah, it's no
1: slight to Vanity Fair. It's
0: like a a magazine filled with very, very beautiful people wearing wonderful clothes shot by famous photographers to sort of like the upscale version of People magazine.
1: Yeah. um, And I love People magazine. I I I... read it every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. on people.com. It's half of it is pure trash, but you know, the other half is anyway, back I guess, to the history of
0: Google. Again, I'm playing my irrelevancy card on this one. that so I think the problem is that people has people magazine has that big puffy balloon logo that yes. says, okay, we can be like an entertainment sort of tabloid. Vanity Fair has like we we're gonna have ads for like eight thousand dollar like wine glasses it's
1: about rich people that's what i'm trying to get around saying right right now and i'm sorry i'm going to say it rich rich people shouldn't have an opinion on
0: on the casting of the next avengers movie that's what i'm I'm
1: saying i'm a little mad at rich people right now because they're kind of ruining america (laughs) so (laughs) this is where that so that's why i stopped reading vanity fair however we're going to discuss this article which i am going to read tonight so vanity fair (laughs) i'm going to give you these page hits okay it's coming it's coming to you my bounce rate (laughs) one <laughs> percent i'm just staying on the page there you go continue Andy. sorry hmm.
0: <laughs> but no it, it really is worth reading uh because uh they really uh, it's it's not one of these things where they get oh well i, I was well, they hired me to fix the photocopiers uh and after four year after they've been invested for four years no they get like the, the googlers like one two three four five the people who are in the room where it happens uh a name that you don't hear a whole lot the heather Cairns. I, I've only this is a name I've only read. I've never ever heard it pronounced. So I'm, if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, I'm sorry, Heather. But she's wonderful. She was one of the principals who like were were starting up the company uh, with uh, Larry and Sergey, uh, and she was like basically HR. And she was sort of like, uh, well, <laughs> like she she's she's the person who has the uh, slight outsider th- sort of thing that could say okay uh now that we are like uh, we have stockholders and investors sergey larry this thing where you eat food by lifting the plate up to your mouth and then pushing food in with your hand you really can't do that anymore you you just can't uh, <laughs> uh, wait but- wait
1: wait wait was there depictions of them doing this <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, um, the, the, the article takes you from the very, very start when they're just uh, two PhD students all the way to just after the, uh, the IPO. Um, and so, uh, Douglas Edwards uh, Oh my God, thing. I just,
1: I just, I just control F for it. <laughs> Larry and Sergey used to hold their forks and knives in a fist scooping. They used to scoop food into their mouths, which would be a couple of inches from the plate. And I'd be like, I can't even watch this. I can't. I'm going to be sick. They had to be taught not to do that. Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That was Heather Cohn's. Uh, like, and but actually, and, and thank actually, you
1: for your, for your. And she's and she's
0: and she's seat. wonderful too because actually I think she she gets the last line in this in this oral history. She says no. She says almost wistfully, you know, nobody has super bad disgusting behavior anymore. It's really depressing. The the personality has been coached out of out of them, all of them.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would rather. I don't know. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm conflicted on that one. Anyway,
0: but there's but there's there is there is something to that. There is a point at which uh, you know I re- I remember what I was like in college. OK, I yes. there were there were a lot of rough edges,
1: very messy.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I was I was all fo-
1: over I inside, outside, model,
0: dings and scratches, <laughs> not ready to be sold at full price. That was so. Yeah. But this is this is there is a point of there is a point in which uh, like, having gone to like a Rensselaer Polytechnic, like a super nerd college, even I was like, I at least understand that like underwear you wear it once. And then you launder it before you wear it again. And there's also showering happening. And it's not it's like there you meet a lot of people that clearly their they had existed up until the point that their acceptance letter from RPI or their this this nerd college had been received. They existed sort of like as a brain in a jar. And so when they realized, oh, well, we're going to have to send this brain in a jar away to college. We'll have to install it in a human body. But they haven't actually been using a human bodies. So they don't understand that there's certain hygiene things. They don't understand that you don't eat. <laughs> well, you don't eat with your hands when, like, there are other people in the room. And, yeah, see, so.
1: <laughs> oh. So. Andy, I want to point out something also very, uh, I believe the word is prescient <laughs> or maybe it's foreshadowing. I don't know. But um, there's a quote in here that you graciously highlighted. And I really appreciate you putting together notes for this, by the way. Um, Kevin Kelly, founding editor at Wired and a futurist, also a best-selling author, had offered uh, kind of a little bit of perspective in this article and it says, when I met Paige, I said, Larry, I don't get it. What's the future of search for free? I don't see what you're I don't see where you're going with this. And Larry said, We are not really interested in search. We are making an AI. So from the very beginning, the mission for Google was not to use AI to make their search better, but to use search to make AI. So anybody yep. who is surprised <laughs> should not be because this apparently was where the seeds started to sprout in the first place.
0: Yeah, there was a. If, there's a lot of really cool like stories and insights about this. About how there are a lot of people that absolutely did not even even inside Google itself they didn't understand like what the potential for this technology was going to be, not just to, there were a lot of uh, search engines that were spidering the web, not, but their big innovation was, we're going to actually try to figure out which ones are the important, uh, important web pages. Uh, and so, and at some point, there's, there's a famous story about all the different companies that could have just bought Google outright for $2 million, because their first idea as a company was that they were just going to license out this technology to people who want it. So there's a great story about how they're at, uh, who, who remembers Excite? Exactly. Yes. yes. Uh, exactly. Uh, so they have a meeting with uh, with uh, with Excite. And they had already set up the side-by-side thing where you can see here's what the search results you get from Excite. Here's the much better results you get from the Google browser. And hey, if you license us, you can actually have these results happen in there. And so this story uh, says uh, George and George Bell, the CEO, he's really upset about this. And it was funny because he got very defensive. He was like, we don't want your search engine. We don't want to make it easy for people to find stuff because we want people to stay on our site. And that's like, crazy and like then I, I the uh, the end of the quote is i remember driving away afterward and larry and i were talking quote users come to your website to search and you don't want to be the best damn search engine there is that's insane that's a dead company right and yes they were <laughs> it was uh, I've, i i kind of when i want i wish george bell were like a more unique name so that if he were if he were in the same position as like the f- pilot episode of breaking bad I think that would be an interesting thing to to find out. Uh, again, we we all can guess things wrong. It's just a that's, a that's a bad, bad thing for you to have said that for someone else to have remembered later on. Again, God knows that I've said a lot of stupid things that showed lack of understanding about the scope and the potential of something. I'm just lucky enough that whatever it was, it wasn't so big uh, that someone would remember it later on and say, Andy Nak was the one who said, the, don't sign the Beatles because groups with the guitars are on their way out. I've said simple things like I didn't really like that first Avengers movie. See, that's fine. I'm that's I can survive that. So
1: you you keep going. Yes, no, no, I no, wanna, no, no. Just... you highlighted a lot of bits, so I'm <laughs> I'm trying to figure out uh, where you're going because I'm like going down and reading them and and just like reacting to everything.
0: Yeah, no, but it, it it is a bit, there are a whole bunch of things that are really kind of prescient about this, uh, but again, these, rec- okay, granted, we are talking to people, they are talking to people in 2017 about what they remember. So they do remember that even early on, uh, uh, Sergey and Larry, they weren't just saying, Hey, we've got this math thing that we want to play with. It was always, Hey, we want to, we've been, t- we were talking about self-driving cars. They were talking about space elevators. Uh, they were talking about building an AI Uh, And all these things were just uh, I think that you get the you get the idea from these uh, these lines uh, in this article that it wasn't so much that, oh, well, we know that artificial intelligence is going to be very, very important in the the coming 21st century. More like you're in college, you're probably slightly drunk or slightly high all the time. And you have these long conversations about everything. But the fact that they have the ability to have these long conversations about everything, uh, again, that's that's a good thing for people to remember.
1: This is a very interesting article. I'm going to, I'm going to sop it up with some pieces (laughs) of bread. That's my plan. Because Uh, oh boy, it's uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then another one, another great line from Heather. (laughs) We did, uh, we didn't have a business plan. Then they would tell me that their actual mission statement was quote to rule the earth unquote. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, whatever you want, just make sure you sign my check, and I'll go on my way when it crashes and burns in a couple of years.
1: Where is she now? Does it say? Uh oh,
0: well, she made lots and lots of money. She reti she uh retired uh as a VP after being a VP of Google for a while and now she's mostly retired but also does angel funding. Uh seems to be enjoying her life uh, quite a nice. bit. I did I did have to find out like what she was up to because every time Hey, you- that's
1: nice.
0: There, Remember back
1: in the day when you could just like go off the grid and nobody could google you? <laughs> Speaking are- of Google. <laughs> you
0: have- is there is there like a, a- Maybe there's like sort of you know how like American Express has like the black card that's like made out uh-huh. of metal ceramic. Is there a way like when you sign up for a Google account, you can actually pay to have like the black aluminum version where you say you get to say what people will be able to find when they search for your name?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> that, you know, I'd be begging for that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that it doesn't it doesn't seem like CompuServe or the or the Boston like bulletin boards that were up when I was a teenager. It looks like yes. nobody ever indexed them or put them online, and if if they ever did, I would not be searching for my name because I would not be happy to read what uh, what seventeen and sixteen year old Andy was was getting on uh, back then.
1: Yes, and it's a good thing I had some weird screen names back in my youth.
0: <laughs> See you again. I, I feel sorry for your. You're, you're the first generation, I, I bet. That was smart. Half, they realized half my that, life
1: is on the internet, like from fifteen up, and it's it's some anyway. Probably shouldn't say that. Which idea am I going to use for this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're asked the, the, the the it's the generation that came after me, but before you. They're sure I'm gonna. You know, I just had the, I just wrote this really really funny satirical article about how there should be a national association of white people. I'm gonna definitely <sighs> post this on my website under my own name. <laughs> like, yeah a, you probably shouldn't write it to begin with. Uh, B, if you're going to do it, you should probably like write it on like a really thin paper and like staple it to a tree outside so the next time it rains, it'll dissolve and not exist anymore. Failing that, last thing you want to do is put it on an index web page with your name on it. But okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to – actually, there's so many really cool things about it I did. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight this stuff for you. Because I, it turns out that the, you have to scroll like twice to get through my notes on this because I was just anytime something really cool. But it does, it really does kind of-
1: Andy wrote me the cliff notes.
0: Exactly. I, <laughs> this, <laughs> is, you, this This is the stuff Again.
1: <laughs>
0: It's like we're in the same history class. <laughs> and when we say we're going to be studying together- Honestly, like, Andy, yeah, like... I, was,
1: I was kind of that kid, but like I was a really compassionate like student though. So people came to me for friendship and in exchange, I got a lot of help on my homework.
0: <laughs> there you go. um but but at least now in in retrospect as these people are remembering things they're remembering they're at least remembering it that we always knew that would be dangerous if a search they they actually were talking about how the negative Mm. example at the time that they that was influencing their thinking about how there were other search engines that would uh, that would insert search results uh, based on paid advertisers and not tell you that they've paid, they've paid uh, their paid ads. So they're sort of tricking people into reading, reading ads that weren't there. And they decided that wasn't, that's absolutely wrong. We're absolutely not going to do that. Uh, there was uh, <laughs> the, uh the idea that uh, privacy, there should be some way of doing it. There's, there, there's basically expect users have a certain expectation uh, that uh, they're, how the, how did they come up with the don't be evil statement? And it turns out that that was a way to sum up a whole bunch of their reactions to how other companies were doing advertising. Uh, and mm. so they're specifically saying, well, there's a lot of pressure to generate revenue. Uh, and so Larry and Sergey decided that advertising doesn't have to be evil if it's actually useful and relevant. So again, this isn't okay. it, would, it would be a lot it's more
1: useful and relevant for marketers.
0: True. <laughs> for stockholders, too. Yes. Uh,
1: not for consumers. I mean, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So and so in, in, in a nutshell, this would be this, if this had been like an article that in Creative Computing Magazine, uh, I don't know if Creative Computing was even still around back then, but whatever. Like if, if like shortly after Google had been uh, formed its own company before it had its IPO, back when as, <laughs> as Heather says in another quote, she would have, Hundreds of thousands of dollars in checks just sitting in the back of her car because they hadn't opened a bank account yet. Yeah, uh, if if there was oh if if all this stuff was uh, was on the record before Google was Google and not again like it's very easy for like for uh, one of the Carnegies or one of the other like uh, robber barons of like the late late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds to look back later on and saying. Well, sure. We worked our people hard, but you know, we we one of our early meetings. We were seeing about how the coal barons were working eight and nine-year-old children just to death, and just not even caring. And we said, we're not going to be doing that. Said, so, yeah, okay, that's a good. If you're talking to Time Magazine, uh, fifty years later, that's a really good way to put it. It might be that. You might be. You, it might more truthfully be that you wanted to hire eight and nine year old children, but you thought that they were so hungry they'd probably be stealing stuff to sell, uh, and so you didn't want to give them like the really expensive hand digging tools they were going to need. But hey,
1: okay, we're going to put the link in the show notes, <laughs> so you'll be able to go and voraciously read through this entire thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot. You should go read it. As
0: voraciously as Larry Page shoving buttered peas into his mouth with his bare fists.
1: Of all the things, <laughs> buttered peas. It yeah. couldn't be like. I would even take steamed broccoli over buttered peas. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Steam. Do you Ste- not like broccoli? I like broccoli. Steamed broccoli. Now this is now this doesn't count because this is in direct response to a question. So this not, doesn't count as a distraction.
1: Okay. But okay.
0: D- steamed broccoli uh, is the cooked broccoli is the only food that. I'm using the word literally correctly. I literally can't swallow. It's like I put I eat it, I put it in my mouth and something genetic as though I come from a long bloodline of people uh, from from villages where there was a poisonous plant that looked like broccoli but wasn't broccoli, it was actually poison and the only people who survived were the people who had this genetic mutation where broccoli just tastes really really awful. That's how that's how badly I react to it. Like I will Uh, I have been in like dinner parties with people, and oh well, I you know, like thank you for coming to you know. We I've really been sad and sort of depressed ever since my grandmother died, and this is really the first time I've had company or done anything social. And sort of in their honor, I'm I'm like cooking all of her favorite foods. This cooked broccoli is like a tradition that not only was her favorite, but was one of the few things that her immigrant mother kept. And so I'm so thrilled to cook it for you. I could not, I would not even be able to get that. One forkful, chew and swallow. Mm, that's very, very nice. I would, I would, it would have to be a spit it out sort of thing because my brain will say, under no circumstances can you swallow this. I don't understand it myself. I've, I've had a, a friend of mine is a, an amazing cook. She sometimes like uh, she cooks too much, and she gives me leftovers and it's the most delicious food ever. She had one thing that uh, uh, that uh, had uh, had broccoli in it. I said, well, her food is so. good good and it was was sort of like a casserole sort of thing what if i were to just take out all the broccoli and sort of reconstitute it but the fact that it had been like stained by that flavor meant that uh it's cheese and it's 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 fried onions and it's this beautiful like eggs and but i can't eat it because it has been tainted by the hand of satan
1: why didn't you send it to me I'm disappointed. Where's okay. my frittata? I'm assuming it was a frittata.
0: Um, I'm thinking casserole, but I could be wrong. Again, I was I was too fixated on the demon seed within Oh sure, the, yes. Casserole the casserole demon clover. Voices, yes. Um well, okay. Before before we end, one one last thing that was that was pretty kind of cool. Um, so you're aware that everyone's aware that Google uh an, that Android now has a whole bunch of new voices with the new yes. voice technology.
1: Eight new voices. Eight new well, voices. Well, seven new voices. Wait, six new voices, eight voices total.
0: That's right, because I, I understood that one of the male voices and one of the female sounding mm-hmm. voices is just the voice of if that was a person and they were doing a really bad fake Italian accent. Yes. Which I find to be kind of offensive. But again, to round out the list, I, I suppose you'd well, want it to have like the, the Mario brothers. Voices, yeah. I mean. Hey, it's, it's going to rain tomorrow. Hey. Uh but, no okay. John
1: Legend yet. <laughs> Still
0: waiting for John Legend. Uh, but so, but, but I thought this was super interesting. So they changed the interface to make it actually a lot cooler. So now you're sort of swiping left and right through like a side-scrolling list. Okay, that's cool. But they also, uh, each of these voices does not have a name. They've assigned a color to each of these voices, which you might think is, okay, well, what does that mean? But then after a couple seconds, you realize how clever and how progressive that is Because now there's the easiest way to sort of communicate is this an A voice or is this a male voice or is this a female voice? Okay, whether there's Mm -hmm. Bob, there's Jane, there's Wendy, there's Steve, there's Doug. Okay, so I know which ones are going to be the more masculine sounding voices. But here they're tripping that whole thing up, saying no, we're uh, it's possible for someone to have a very feminine sounding voice. What someone 20 years ago would have identified as a male or female voice is now irrelevant because uh, the person's gender is what they say it is. They have a better understanding of what their gender is than you do. So it's, it's on that basis, it is a little bit subtle, but the idea of here's a female voice, we're going to call this female voice Wendy. Well, again, maybe this female sounding voice is actually Doug. And to get and to cut through it, no, it's just orange. It's red. It's yellow. It's yeah. It's,
1: it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just it shows the different spectrums of voices. It's really the way that you think about it now because there's spectrums of color, just as there are spectrums of gender. Yeah, and this is a very subtle way to put it, and I I love it. Yeah, I love it.
0: And uh, it's a it's uh, over the past five or ten years, um, I've become really really a lot more. Uh, i was aware of it but more more to the front and center of how society addresses people or addresses a culture or addresses a community that's going to affect everybody who is exposed to how you address that so if you it's uh, it doesn't even it doesn't even matter if a certain underrepresented uh part of uh, of our community uh is a character in a TV show and they're represented consistently in a very, very positive way. You're basically telling people that the only time that the only time you will see a non-white person on Friends is when you need to make a joke about how one of the friends is now a part of a biracial couple. You're not you're saying that white people is the norm and non-white people is the special guest. Uh, and so, when you simply start saying that we're going to make sure at minimum in the coffee shop there is going to be a balance of people out there, you are telling everybody who is not a white if if you're uh, let's let's say that you're living in a in a culture that is predominantly white uh, <laughs> that this the normal for a coffee shop is not all white people the normal is pretty much everybody whoever you are you will see yourself in this group uh, in the main cast in the background and everything so this is part of this I'm not saying that this changing of names to colors is uh, part of a solution to a huge problem. But I'm saying it's part of the larger solution to a problem, which is to always think about if you are programming people to think that if someone has a feminine sounding voice, they must be a woman and have a feminine mm-hmm. name. It's when you start seeing that it's this subtle thing of, I like the idea of kids just simply choosing a name based on a color and then deciding for themselves, whether this person is male or female, or again, even better saying that, well, I'm, again, this person, this magic magic voice has not told me of their gender, or even if they are a gendered individual, and so therefore it's, this is irrelevant to me. I will simply enjoy that uh, this individual is turning the lights on and off for me at my command.
1: I don't have my phone near me. I wanted to see what color I have. I will get back <laughs> to you. I will get back to you on that. I'm very curious. <laughs> I have a feeling it's green or blue.
0: See, so I thought we just DVD. had a conversation about not imposing roles on people, even, even disembodied voices. You know, maybe, maybe you think it's, why do you, th- why, why do you assume that this voice is blue? <laughs> okay, I'm, I, I stretched the joke a little bit too far there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a good try, Andy. That
0: was a very, uh, thank you for, thank you. I, I, I try.: I don't I often succeed, it. but I see my heart is in the right place. I hope
1: it was there for it.
0: <laughs> uh so shall we wrap it up?
1: Let's wrap it up.
0: Let's wrap it up. Well, that's it for another episode of Material. Uh please don't please don't push the forward track button yet cuz we're This is our chance to tell you that if you go to relay.fm slash material, that's an opportunity to, again, not only get all those really great URLs of stuff we've been talking about, but also, again, you know, if you want to send us money more directly rather than uh, in addition to using our wonderful sponsors uh, products or services, uh, you can also become a member and just. That we actually get to we actually get a separate, uh, separate payment for that. So it is nice when we see, no, no, this wasn't advertising. These are actual people that of their own volition <laughs> just decided that they wanted to give us money. And that's always a very, very pleasant feeling.
1: And you can like and subscribe (laughs) to us everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Anywhere that you can find podcasts. So the new Google Podcasts app, if you use that. Um, Oh, I don't know. Another podcast app from uh, one of our friends, Pocket Casts. Mm. Uh, We're even on iTunes. So if you have an (laughs) iPhone, you can actually listen to us.
0: We're ecumenical. We embrace devices of all faiths.
1: Even though we pretty much only talk about Google once. (laughs) Hmm.
0: No, no, we, we occasionally have sn- have Snide comments for Apple.
1: It's true. We do. Okay. <laughs> See? More exactly. than occasionally, Andy. Let's be real. <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> well, we know what side of, what side our bread is buttered on, do we not?
1: <laughs> There's no buttering happening here. Well, again, if you, you if you'd
0: like us to have more butter, once again, relay.fm slash material. <laughs> we we can go from the generic brand Oleo that we normally buy at the at the gas station yeah. to full land of lakes like like quarter pound st- Steaks.
1: ooh, that's I love butter. Why did you have to mention lando <laughs> Lakes? <It's> so spreadable <laughs>
0: mm. I, I,
1: <laughs> sorry to our to our uh non u s listenership out there. What the heck is lando Lakes? Mm-hmm. It is a delicious butter
0: it is it, it's also what you if if I may elaborate slightly, it's kind of like the good butter like not the, the, the if you if you shop at a supermarket you're not going to get like the super extra fancy gourmet butter but there's going to be like the store brand butter that has like a couple of colors on the packaging and then you might have like the really really cheap it's kind of a butter like substance that's like like black text printed on white card land of lakes has a full color printing on the box of a watercolor like person uh, watercolor of a person holding a tray with a stick of butter on it that's that's how fancy the land of lakes (laughs) stuff is that's that's when you know that if you've been invited to a friend's house for dinner that oh they're definitely in a a higher eco socio-economic bracket than you yourself are your house
1: Thank you for joining us on this. Yes. Exactly. It, it's,
0: it's been, it's been a journey. Has it not? Uh, <laughs> so uh, Flo, anything you want to plug before we go?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, I'm doing that show with Megan Maroney on the Twitter called yeah. know how about IOT. There you go. They, uh, You know, and I'm yeah, just writing no. around the internet, hoping to update my website soon. Flo There
0: you go. Uh, and as usual, if you go to an on Twitter, or on Instagram or dot in your web browser, you'll be able to find, other silly stuff and maybe the occasional a squirrel finds a nut uh, every now a, a blind pig finds a nut every now and then occasionally wise things to be said. Uh, I'm not promising it. I'm just saying that statistically speaking, it would be an anomaly if after a thousand tweets, I did not say one thing that was factually correct and actually useful and relevant to your current situation. So that's it for material this week. Thank you so much for listening. Hope we listen to you listen to us again next week. Until then, have a really wonderful seven days.
1: Bye. No not do